Hello? Oh, Mike, thank God. Thank God what? You looked me in the eye and you said you would stay out of it. You couldn't even make it to the parking lot without threatening Gala? Mike, listen to me. No, what, so you can lie to me again? Or are you gonna tell me you didn't do that? Look, I didn't do it because I didn't think you could handle it yourself. I did it because he got it under my skin. I don't give a shit why you did it. You swore you wouldn't, instead you'd make things worse. Harvey, if I can't even trust you, then I do not stand a chance in here. Look, I can't talk right now. What do you mean you can't talk to me? Rachel's in my office looking at me right now, and, and she's gonna think something's wrong in five seconds. So unless you change your mind about me not telling her, I gotta go. Harvey, you gotta get the phone from her. Sure, Rick. No problem. 8.30 sounds great. First round's on you. Suits Season 6, Episode 2 is over. And if you're ready to hear us talk about accounts payable, then suits yourself. I'm Rob Sesternino, back here with the guy who would never Photoshop any selfies that he gets. It's Chappelle. Chappelle, how are you? Rob, I'm good. I'm happy. I'm not Photoshopping anything. Uh, everything's great right now. I'm not distributing any photos of anybody either. I'm on my best behavior, which means Can't I'm going to get out of here soon. Yeah, you're going to get out soon. Uh, Freaking Mike Ross. It's season six of Suits, and he falls for the blank pieces of paper in the manila envelope trick. I legit screamed when that happened. I was like, Mike, you invented that trick. That is, like, that's your bread and butter. How do you not know this? Look, uh, I know that like Frank Gallo has a lot of connections. You think he's got Photoshop and like a laser printer also like overnight ready? There's a Kinko's in the jail where he's doing the, all this Photoshop work. It's hilarious. This this man has been bluffing people as like lawyers for the greater part of what two ish maybe three years, mm-hmm. and he falls for this the oldest trick in the book from a rando who is in prison. You know, it's yeah. not like he has all the resources that these lawyers have where they do these background checks and they get in all these people's business and all this other stuff. Uh, this guy is in a cell next to your cell. I mean, no, you're right. He didn't have a Photoshop. He doesn't have a computer. He doesn't have the technique or the steady hands to pull off a procedure like this from a prison yeah. cell. Yet here we are. Mike Ross being emotional. And I'm starting to think that, yeah, he really does need therapy. This is where <laughs> Mike Ross should be. He... Frank Gallo even says, like, all right, maybe she didn't send me any nudes, but she sent me a selfie and I photoshopped her naked. It's like, good. I don't freaking care if somebody was like, hey, Rob, I photoshopped your wife's head on this naked person's body. I'd be like, okay, whatever. I don't care. (laughs) You wouldn't care even a little bit? I mean, that says more about the person that did it than it does about my wife. Rob, the person that did it is in prison. (laughs) No one's going to be like, I'm judging you. He's in prison. You're a weirdo. Why would you do that? They already think he's a a weirdo. He's in prison. Um, It it is weird, yes, to do that thing and to threaten Mike Ross with it. But it's even worse that Mike Ross fell for it. Because the initial claim was, Rachel sent me nudes, so I'm going to leak them. And Mike's like, she would never do that. I've been trying to get nudes for her for months. You know, she don't do that. But then he's like, well, I'm going to Photoshop her selfie onto some nudes. And he's mm-hmm. like, no, how dare you? All of these other inmates will see a fake picture of my fiance. Mm-hmm. Whatever am I to do? Mike Ross, <laughs> calm down. I think you'll be okay. I think Rachel will be okay. This was not the hill to die on. But he died mm-hmm. anyway. Yeah. I think you just say, hey, like, hey, like, uh, guards, this guy seems to have some illicit pornography that he's using the <laughs> The prison kinkos to print. 
He wasn't even casually interested in what it looked like. That that's me. I'm kind of like, well, let's see what you got. You you yeah. got this Photoshop skills. Uh, let's see, because uh, Mike Ross is not going to be seeing Rachel nude for a very long time. So maybe mm-hmm. uh, he too could benefit from Rachel uh, Rachel's uh, head on someone else's body. You know, I think he was being very closed minded. It was just he was so emotional. I think that had he thought about it for two seconds, he'd have said, "Huh." I mean. This could be pretty bad for me here in jail. You know, like politically speaking, people probably won't take me seriously if I got photos of my naked girlfriend floating around. But also photos of a naked woman in jail. You know, you might get you some leverage here. Okay, so here we are. Mike Ross versus Frank Gallo in jail. Uh, uh, Frank Gallo baits Mike Ross into starting the fight with him. Mike ends up then losing two weeks of visitation. We see that Mike feels like that he wants to handle everything himself. He doesn't want Harvey involved. Harvey can't help but not be involved, but also Mike is very concerned about that. Now Frank Gallo is sending a bunch of texts to Rachel and he needs Rachel to get rid of that phone. Yeah, but he doesn't tell Harvey, hey, Harvey, go tell Rachel that those text messages aren't coming from me. This he is like when Russell gave out Wendell's phone number. It's it very similar, very similar. I think Russell might be a, a Frank Gallo type. Um, I could see him trying to pull off these maneuvers as well. But Mike Ross gets Harvey in front of him and says, Harvey, do not interfere with this. Let me handle it. I want to take care of it. I should. I, I need my prison cred. What, what am I going to do if the people don't respect me in here? And Harvey eventually stands down. But I was waiting on Mike Ross to be like, well, could you do me one favor? Could you go to Rachel and tell her that that's not me texting her? Because that would solve all these problems very quickly. Because mm-hmm. his big his big issue is that Frank Gallo has Rachel's number. And so God knows what he's going to be texting Rachel or what she's going to be texting him. Or, you know, and now he can he can get to her. Hey, could you go have her block him for me? Thanks. The mm-hmm. end. The end of the saga. It's over. There's nothing goes. He has no more leverage. You know, all he knows about Harvey, I mean, about Mike Ross is that he loves Rachel and that he loves Harvey. He can't get to Rachel now. Harvey's not even in here. So then at least at that point, it's Mike versus Frank Gallo. But, you know, prior to that, it was it was going to be Mike Ross always wondering, what's Frank Gallo doing with that phone? He's rushing to the guards and being like, hey, guard, I need to make an emergency phone call uh, to stop a prisoner from texting my girlfriend. You know, I just think that the solution was right there. Just say, Harvey, do me this one thing and I'll take care of the stuff on the inside. Um Harvey can't do that. Rachel won't let Harvey do that. Harvey wasn't going to do it anyway. So Mike Ross is going to have help in jail, whether he likes it or not. Yeah. And we see that Harvey comes to the jail. Mike, uh, you know, never gets tired of yelling at Harvey. He's like, hey, I told you, leave this. Leave it alone. I got this. I can handle this. Like, stay out of this. He's like, fine, fine. Whatever you say, Mike. Uh, But then Harvey does get into it with Frank Gallo. Frank Gallo really has got like the rule of the roost here at the prison. I think if you've been there for a while, you're like the big man on campus, or at least the you know. You, yeah, you know, you know your your way around the the prison yard. I mean, he's really point. racketeering around the jail. Well, that's the thing. He went to jail for racketeering, but we find out in this episode that it was really conspiracy to murder uh, two people. I think uh, so. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, this man went in there for racketeering, but he's a cold blooded killer, or at least you know, at least will you know help set those kind of things up, and so. Uh, maybe he's just like, 
he's almost uh, too big for this prison, right? Like, uh, he walks around, he's like, I'm a real criminal. All of these white-collar crimes y'all were doing, they don't touch the things that uh, Frank Gallo was doing. And so, um, Mike Ross might actually have a danger um, on his hands. I mean, this guy's setting everything up to where he can even have a moment to talk to Harvey as he's leaving the cell, the um, you know, the prison that day. And Harvey... I think, did Harvey cha- challenge Frank Gallo to a fight? Did he say, let me in there and I'll beat your ass? Yes, he did. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, hey, I love Harvey, but I swear, sometimes I think he forgets that he's not Batman. Yeah, but I think Harvey could take Frank Gallo pretty easily. Like, I feel like Frank Gallo is not uh, such a like intimidating uh, person. Well, he beat the hell out of Mike Ross. Yeah, I said it. Mike Ross threw the first punch, but Frank Gallo won the fight. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, Mike had to do it because sometimes you just got to, you know, Put your junk down on the table and let people know who's boss. Uh, you know, let, let let people know you're not there to be trifled with. Uh, mm-hmm. And so I think the he got the desired result, but hopefully the desired result next time would be that you actually win the fight. But Harvey, I think, would, would be fine. Yeah. All right. So that's what's going on with Mike in jail. He Mike has a new roommate who actually seems like he's a, uh, a cool guy. He feels bad that he switched cells to let Frank Gallo come in and mess with Mike. Then Frank Gallo gets Mike alone at the end of the episode. It seems like they're ready to shiv him. Uh, but then the other guy goes and gets the guards. And uh, Mike Ross has one friend in jail. I think the verb is shank. I think the shiv would be the the item, you know, like the, the oh. actual apparatus. Okay. Yes, they're going. He's going to shank him with a shiv. Um, yeah. And, yeah. And and Mike started it. Honestly, I mean, don't get me wrong. Frank Gallo was about to jump him, but then when Mike Ross says, "No, Frank, I think you're not that big and bad guy that you're trying to be. I'll fight you one on one." Oh, don't you want to look like a leader in front of your cronies here? Yeah. And Frank Gallo's like, yeah, but my cronies are here to do crony things and they're going to hold you down while I shank you up. Um, Mike Ross getting poked up in prison is not something that I was I had on my bingo card, so I didn't expect that to happen. <laughs> and we see that <laughs> Kevin, uh, you know, is the one who comes back and saves him. Uh, and, you know, he like yep. you said, he, he kind of owed Mike Ross one. Do you recognize this actor, uh, Eric Palladino, from anything else? No. Um, the Wikipedia is saying that uh, he was in ER as Dr. Dave Malucci. Um, I'm seeing that he did. Uh, this is the Mike's Marvel- roommate. Yes, Mike's roommate, Kevin. Um, the Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. You know, I, I've never seen those, either of those, actually. No. But I saw, well, I, that's a lie. I watched ER when I was a child, uh, but I don't remember it that well. Uh, but as far mm-hmm. as Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, I've heard good things, but I do not know this man from much else. I'm still looking at the Wikipedia and not really seeing anything. The only thing I can say is that he's probably a better roommate than Trevor already. Probably, so, yeah. So I'll take it. I was thinking about this. If Mike Ross went to jail for having the briefcase full of weed in episode one of Suits, would he already be out of jail? Yeah. If he had just gone to jail for the weed, he'd been out. Mm-hmm. Like, he probably would have got probation. He probably wouldn't even gone to jail. Um, but nope. They uh, they had uh, two, uh, you know, a fork in the road, I guess I should say. They could go left and become a lawyer or, 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 or go right. And... Um, I don't know, t- uh, face the consequences of your crimes. And they decided to go left. And so the consequences just came back around later on. Okay. So, all right, that's what's going on with Mike in jail. Are you enjoying Mike in jail? 
Uh, not really. I, I I like the idea that he has to sit down with Theo Huxtable at least once an episode and they can talk about why Mike is in jail because Mike is impatient and entitled and a narcissist. And so Theo keeps reminding him that this is not about you. You don't get to decide, hey, I get to make friends with whoever I want in here. And then they also have to follow the rules of the law as I see fit. You know, like I want to tell the warden I got to go and snitch. I, I need to use the phone. Like Mike, you don't get to just pull rank and do whatever you want anymore. It's over. You don't have any privileges in here. And Rachel honestly should probably be in therapy too. She's so hell bent on seeing Mike Ross all the time and talking to Mike Ross whenever she wants to, that she shows up like, <clears throat> Donna has added me to the list of family members. I know I'm not a family or a, a wife, but I've got yeah. added to the list. I demand to see Mike Ross. I'm his lawyer. Ma'am, your card says paralegal. Listen, at, at, at best, we can read here and we can tell you that you just cannot demand your way into the room. I, she really tried to pull rank on that lady at the front desk. And no, he was yeah. like, do you think you're the first person who ever had to, um, who ever wanted to see their loved one in jail? Yeah. Ma'am, go get in line and wait your turn. She's a, a little bit of a Karen, Rachel. A lot of bit of a Karen. A lot yeah, of bit like, of a Karen. I want to see the manager of this jail. And she's like, this is a jail, not an I Arby's. will make your life hell, ma'am. It's like, girl, no, you won't. <laughs> Rachel, you ain't going to bust the grape she's in like, a fruit fight. I work fight. in a maximum security prison. Right. I'm not afraid of you. Do you, I'm afraid do of you, you see who comes through here? Rachel Zane. Yeah. Aren't you Robert Zane's daughter? Girl, go sit down somewhere. Do you realize I just saw nudes of you on the printer earlier today? Right. And honestly, they were impressive. Are you sure these are you? You know, mm-hmm. like, um, it was it was funny. <laughs> this you? Was, yeah. yeah. Is this, this you? Yeah, exactly. You know, it's just weird to me that they both have this same similar personality trait of I've been working with all they these are big- soulmates. It's really sad too. Uh, they've been working with all these big, high, how high-powered, high-dollar companies to where they're so used to throwing their money around and their status around that now when they don't get what they want, they're like, "But, but, but, but I'm going to threaten you." And they're like, "Okay, now what? Now we're threatened. You know, there's no leverage here. Do mm-hmm. people are in prison? Let the man be in prison, Rachel." And it's not it is not this woman's fault that Mike decided to get in a fight this morning. He could have just not hit Frank Gallo. <laughs> And then he'll be having visitation today. See how that works? Let's go back to what's going on at PSL. A couple of different things with a few returning faces. Um, Jack Soloff is back in the mix. Uh, and Jack Soloff is poor. Oh, God, yes. And I, and I love to see it. Honestly, as a poor, I get it. It's tough out here, Jack Mehoff. But if you if you, if you you ever have to like be in these situations, sometimes you do have to find yourself saying, I need that money. And uh, he goes to Jessica like, I know I've been trying to screw you over. We've had our ups. We've had our downs. But I really want you to stop this thing that you're doing because I need to go work for Robert Zane. And she's like, why would I let you do that? Like, What, yeah. what does that benefit me? He's like, but I need money. I'm broke. I'm broke. Robert Zane doesn't want a 50 year old associate. (laughs) At some point, Chappelle, like what Jack Soloff did, what he needs the money for. Cause I know I am very curious. Yeah. What did this man spend the fortune on? He says, okay, you know, the thing that Daniel Hardman has on me that, you know, and that I know, but the audience can't know because for some reason it's so salacious that we can't even say it out loud. Mm -hmm. Just because it's so, it's so good that they keep the writers can't even think of what it is yet. Right, you have to watch it with a towel over your head, like eating those little birds. You know, um, it's 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 so uh, so devious that you can't even let God see you uh, <laughs> see you watch it. Uh, right. But yes, Jack Soloff is like, yeah, uh, I did a really bad thing, 
Daniel Hartman knows. And it also, you know, is because I need a lot of money, obviously. This is all for money. Uh, and and which is weird because Jack Soloff was very ready to become name partner. Wasn't he going to have to pay a, a, a amount of money to do that too? Um, it costs a half a mil to be a senior partner. I have to assume he has, he's going to have to come off on some more cash to be a name partner, no? Uh, yeah, I mean, I... Um he, uh, I don't know. Is it also a five hundred thousand dollar buy-in at Robert Zane? It's it probably sounds like more, honestly, from from mm-hmm. Robert Zane. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I just know that this he's not moving like a broke individual. He is he is doing some you know exhibiting some uh, unemployed behavior. You know, some jobless, some jobless uh, antics, I would say, the way he's acting. But I don't know. For Daniel Hartman having him over a barrel like this, they really need to tell us what it is. Um, Because now this man has come groveling to Jessica to be like, just please, please help me out. And we actually see that Jessica does. I think she's tired of making enemies. Harvey is very good at doing that for her. Lewis is no slouch at all. Jessica's like, okay. Robert Zane, Jack Soloff, if y'all could just get off my neck for two seconds, please. And so she goes and she uh, lets him do his thing. She lets him cook. And so uh, I don't know if we're going to see a lot more of Jack Soloff moving forward. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. So we'll see uh, if maybe this is the end for Jack Soloff. Uh, They basically, like, gave him his money back. You got your money. You go work for Robert Zane. Leave us alone. Jessica's going to give loan the money to Robert Zane to give to Jack Soloff. And maybe this is the end of the Jack Soloff story. Um, But then we also had a return of A. Elliot Semple. Why? 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 A. Elliot Stemple, I should say. Why? He comes back. And did Lewis have any interaction with him the last time? Because he comes back and Lewis seems to like know exactly who he is. No, I don't really remember the whole... I'm pretty sure he knows the, the tale. It was of, like Mike and Harvey dealing with A. Elliot Stemple, but I feel like that Lewis wasn't involved. No, but he knows enough to not trust this man. A. Elliot Stemple's face just gives off, like, untrustworthy. Very you know? punchable face. Very punchable face. Like, when this man walked into the audition room, I know they were just seething. Like, I don't know what it is about this guy, but I hate him. Let's cast him. Um, and in this episode, it, I, he... I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out his motivation here. Okay, so come with me on this journey. Are we ready? So he yeah. he hates Harvey. He was jealous of Harvey. He had always lied about beating Harvey in these things. He'd been cheating Harvey, dodging Harvey. But basically, he just wants to get a one up on Harvey for the most part. That's pretty much his villain origin story. And now this time, he wants to take something from Harvey that that will just like get under Harvey's skin. And so mm-hmm. he's really ready to take this duck picture that we've never heard about before that has become a focal point in this episode. Am I correct? Um, it has come up a couple times before that there's been some mentions of like, what's with that ugly duck? But I feel like it. I have to go back to like the early days of Suits because I'm not sure if it was on Harvey's wall early on. But recently, like in the last like season or so, a couple of characters have like mentioned it. Like I think Lewis has, has said, what's up with it? And like, I feel like there's been like a question or two about the Harvey's ugly duck picture. Yeah. I I never I've never heard like I mean we've watched a lot of these episodes in succession but in my mind this was the first time I'd ever heard of it but they said it twice in one episode so it felt like oh like this is obviously something we keep talking about it's like um like at the beginning of the episode Lewis says why do you still have that picture of that duck and then by the end at least it was like it's the duck I need the duck I'm thinking 
oh, oh, okay. You know, this is supposed to be something that Harvey really loves that I, I believe reminds him of his mom. Um, Last happy memory he had with his mom before he found out that she was doing dirt. Uh, yeah, was was the memory having the duck painted? It looked like it from like the back of the record jacket. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, so this is the last happy memory that Harvey had from his mom. And Elliot Stimple wants to rip that from Harvey's grasp. You know, he has a good hate into Harvey because that would be like such a despicable thing to do, right? So he tells Harvey, give me the duck or give me $20 million. That's insane. And it's worth more to A. Elliot Stemple to have Harvey's duck picture. Right. But but why? Why is this man so like hell bent on just ruining Harvey's life? Like if I'm Harvey, of all the people with an axe to grind, I, I would never. I would he never beat let Harvey go. Harvey in the mock trial. I would never let go of this if I was Harvey. I don't care. Like I, it, my dying breath would be to get back at A. Elliot Stemple. I'm not joking because this doesn't even make sense from uh like, like basically from a villain edit. Like this is like him just being a horrible human. Like leave me alone. I'm, I'm there's down something bad. about Harvey Chappelle that 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 when he beats you, you can't live with yourself. Like Harvey never loses, but I guess he beats a lot of other people that never lose. And then it just eats at them. Yeah. And I guess this is how he gets his, uh, his come up into, you know, eventually from a Elliot simple, but I'm telling you revenge would be on the way. I would, it would, again, my dying breath, I would be trying to take down a Elliot simple for this, not because of the sentimental value of the painting, but the idea that you went out of your way just to like cause me pain for no reason. I'm already down bad. I already lost my company. I'm already losing my clients. Leave mm -hmm. me alone. Yeah. Yeah. Harvey will get the painting back. Uh, that's my prediction. I hope so, and I hope Elliot Stemple burns in hell because of it. So <laughs> there's that. Yeah. So now we have to see A. Elliot Stemple again. Yeah. Uh, at least one more time, because Harvey has to yeah. get his revenge. I, we cannot. He cannot win this fight. Not not after this one. This felt like a low blow. How did Danny H. not ever like send like a telegram to Jessica? Like, oh, heard Mike Ross was a total fraud, and you're losing your firm. What a shame. Yeah, everybody is throwing this in Jessica's face, right? Like, it was just like, this new lady is here, and she's like, y'all have been skirting the law and doing all this other stuff, and we will make you pay. I think it's just the hottest ticket around. Like, this is the people that you kick around now. Like, Pearson Spectre lit. Everybody's trying to get a piece. And I started to think about that, Rob. Since we're opening all these old cases, we saw A. Elliot Stemple. But we could potentially see anybody that we've run into between uh, seasons one and six now, right? Sure. Yeah. Bring them all back. I, I actually wouldn't hate that. You know, if you just start bringing back random people who, for the most part, could have won their cases, but Mike Ross did some Mike Ross wizardry, and I want to see how they get rid of them. You know, uh, mm -hmm. like if this is the season of returnees, then I would like to see how it's these newbies deal with the all-stars. Exactly. <laughs> right. Okay. A couple other funny moments to talk about from this episode. There's... A, a odd exchange that happens where, okay, Gretchen meets up with Jessica in the executive kitchen mm -hmm. and they're talking about how, oh, you know, I feel really bad. I wasn't here that day. And Gretchen says, hey, between me and you and Rachel Zane, this firm just got a lot blacker. 
Yeah, I mean, look at the ratio. They they probably went from being a huge minority in this um, in this firm because, uh, like, to be black and also to be a black women, uh, there wasn't a lot of them walking around. But now, uh, three out of what six of the Suicide Squad or three out of seven of the Suicide Squad are black women. Uh, you know, I think well, that's I, a win. I think there's only what five people that work there, right? I mean, um, no, it was Gre- it's Gretchen. Uh, Gretchen, Three out of six. Jessica, Rachel, yeah, and then mm-hmm. you got Harvey, Lewis, Benjamin, yeah, um, yeah. So three out of six. Oh, and Benjamin, I was yeah. Benjamin. Yeah, no, we cannot lose Benjamin, and so, yeah. Uh, so yeah, okay. I think they're just like, huh, looking around, like, huh, it feels good okay. to not be in the in uh, at the bottom of the alliance here. <laughs> so Donna says something, which she ends she ends up leaving this scene, and nobody says anything about it. She says that uh, like, well, you know, hey. I'm black in my heart, Donna says. So I'm black on the inside where it counts. <laughs> yeah. And and nobody really says anything about it. Um, I was like, okay, that was kind of a weird moment. But then Gretchen calls Donna out later on the episode. She's like, what the hell was that? She said, you are the whitest woman I've ever seen in my life. Like, I, you like whiter than white, lily white, you know? And um, Donna's like, oh, am I? And then she pulls out her phone and she shows Gretchen a... Picture of, I guess, someone she dated in 96. Yes. Before the last album. Before the last album. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you have any speculation of who this could be? My natural instinct was Prince. I thought she dated Prince. Oh, Prince. Okay. See, I was going to say Tupac. Oh, no, 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 no. I don't think uh, Tupac would give Donna her black card. I think hmm. Prince, you have to for Gretchen, you know, like I, you got Gretchen's a woman of a certain age. And so, like, although Gretchen knows who Tupac is, she's not going to look at the picture of Tupac and Donna and be like, OK, girl, I see you. Out but there before the last album, when is Prince's last album? No, I didn't know if she meant his last album forever or before the album before that. You know, the like the the not the final album, but like the prior album. Mm-hmm. Um, because Tupac or, or I guess or maybe Biggie. Uh, uh. Hmm, now I gotta go look. Let me go see when Tupac's last album. Because was. both of them d- died in '97. Hold on, I'm going to look up Tupac's albums because I'm a Biggie guy, but I I couldn't tell you when uh, Tupac's last. No, album uh, or I know '96 uh, is when they both was when they both died. Yeah, but Life After Death dropped in 1997. I mean, obviously, I mean, mm-hmm. I mean you hear the title. Uh, Ready to Die was '94. So let me go look at Tupac. Let me see Tupac album. <laughs> Yeah, All Eyes on Me is 96. Hmm. Okay. Maybe Donna was, uh, you know, tupac it up. Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll get a flashback episode. Of Donna. I, I want to see Donna, though. Like, I want to see her, like, full thug life out, you know? Like, mm-hmm. like if she's going to do it, I need her with the bandana wrapped and tied in the front. If, if, if Gretchen is going to let her make it. Uh, but no, I just thought she meant like prior album. You know, I don't I didn't know. I didn't in my mind didn't think like recent album because Prince was dropping albums forever. Like, up, sure. Up, yeah, he never stopped. But these two people did have their final their final little uh, bow, I guess you could say, in uh, the 90s. And so, yeah, maybe. Just because the photo was in 96 and Gretchen asked, oh, before the last album. I just don't know if that would make sense if that was a picture of her with Prince. Yeah, I just tried to think of like who would Gretchen really respect in his moment for Donna? Because that's a big claim to be like, I dated somebody. And so that gives me my black card. I mean, it definitely is incorrect. It does not give you your black card, Donna. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. And Donna is very, very, very white. Let make no mistake. It is this 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 woman is white, pure as yeah. the driven snow. You know. Um. So yeah, 
I, I I thought it was a very funny moment, but I do appreciate the kind of one Gretchen calling her out, but then two, um, also, you know, the idea that Gretchen was able to pull Jessica to the side and kind of have that fist bump moment where they're like, you know, I think we made it. I think we I think we actually doing some things here. And even honestly, when you add um, Donna to the mix, these women being able to sit around at various different levels of experience and times in their life and be able to sit in the break room and be like, man, we still kicking it. A lot of people we lost along the way. But, you know, they're holding it down. The women are doing it for themselves. Mm hmm. All right. Then. Also, there was another funny moment where when they come in and now there's a bunch of people working at PSL and Jessica is like, Lewis, like what, what's going on? Who are these people? He's like, oh, they're movie extras. <laughs> <laughs> Reasons why we have a strike today, Lewis. Yeah, uh, which was very funny, I thought. Um, and then Jessica's like, all right, get them out of here. We, yeah. we can't have this right now. Well, they're supposed to be saying, look, y'all, we don't have any money. We're going bankrupt. We can only afford to pay one of these things. We can either settle or we can we can play this uh, class action game. But the uh, but the senior partners are coming for their money. And so whoever gets the money first is the person who's going to get the money. Uh, and so they're trying to pull this off. But Lewis is like, no, we have enough money to hire a whole uh, like a whole staffing uh, and like what do you say support staff, associates, part like they got it looking like. Like everything's fine at Pierce Inspector Lee. And that is the opposite of what happens. So Lewis uh, ends up yelling at all the people, telling them to put their time cards in and then skedaddle, um, which again, probably part of the reason why we have the strike that we have today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Chappelle, hmm. who gets the Liddy Award for this episode? Oh my God. Um, I don't know. I mean, Harvey did apologize. So we really didn't talk about Sean Cahill. But he was in this episode too. Mm -hmm. uh, Harvey going to Sean Cahill for a favor to make the Frank Gallo situation go away. Uh, Mike didn't want him to, but I don't think that hurts. Um, Kevin did sh uh, save Mike from getting poked up. Yeah, should we be looking at Kevin as a potential? Um, Kevin gets the Liddy. Wow, I don't say that he should get the Liddy. I'm just saying, should we be start, starting to look at Kevin as an a Liddy option in the future? I, I guess so. Let's see how it goes. I yeah. think maybe um, Malcolm Jamal Warner is certainly a candidate. What happened with Sean Cahill? Like Harvey went to him, but like, where do we leave things off with him? So uh, last time, Sean Cahill needed a favor because you know, like Harvey, I need you to work your Harvey magic because I know this guy is guilty, blah, 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 blah. And so now Harvey's coming back like, hey, Sean Cahill, Mike Ross won't let me go to the warden about uh, about the guy in jail. But if you could pull some strings, then, you know, I I, I really appreciate it. I think we I think that would even us even us out. And Sean Cahill's like, no, that would mean you would owe me one, Harvey. So. Harvey later on tells Mike that Sean Cahill is going to do him a solid and, and get rid of the uh, the prison guy. I can't think of his name. To get rid of his whole, um, you know, his whole situation with Mike. And uh, so it looks like Sean Cahill might be another recurring character moving forward. But I don't think he gets like Liddy creds for this. So, you know, if anything, Harvey would have to get that Liddy. Does Harvey get the Liddy in this episode? Um, I don't think Harvey should get the Liddy. He does exactly what Mike tells him not to do, which True. is uh, like, don't mess with Frank Gallo. And he can't resist like getting baited by Frank Gallo. 
I yeah. wonder if it's Jessica that she goes and handles the whole uh, situation going on between um, the Jack Soloff issue and she and goes Zane. and puts up the money. Yeah, and Robert Zane. Yeah, maybe Jessica because um, I was gonna I was gonna say well Harvey did do a solid for Rachel. You know Rachel's whole thing is that like Mike's in jail, he's getting in fights, and I need somebody to to do something, and. Um, he, he, you know, a lot of this is him trying to keep it cool for Rachel, but uh, make no mistake, Rachel and Harvey are both in a blender right now, and they're just trying to make she, make each other feel like everything's okay, while also going behind each other's backs and trying to like undermine everything Mike Ross has going on because they want to protect him. They know he's soft as tissue paper, and so yeah, I, I I give it to Jessica. I think you're right. I think Jessica did the most lifting here in the PSL fight. Because there's a lot going on right now. And I think uh, Harvey's eye is off the ball a little bit. I think he's too weird about what uh, Mike Ross has going on in jail to really focus on the fight that they have in front of them. Okay. Not a lot of references uh, here in this episode. We discussed uh, who was in Donna's phone. But let's take some feedback here from the listeners and talk about what's going on. Of course, suitspodcast.com slash feedback. Uh, let's start off with David Schwartz, who says, uh, uh, who do we think Donna was in the relationship that shocked Gretchen? Yeah, I mean, we talked about Tupac. I just, Donna, and then, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Maybe it's that I can't see Donna with Tupac. You know, like, uh, she would need to, we need to see the photo. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's the photoshopped image I would like. Uh, mm-hmm. Donna uh, in 96 with Tupac. Uh, I'm gonna yeah. Google and see what Google says about uh, this relationship. You um, mind uh, filibustering while I do that? Okay, here. Um, there's a thread on the uh, Suits Reddit. Who the hell did Donna date? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, I see a few of them actually. Okay, associates. Before y'all found us, y'all definitely had a home on the Reddit mm-hmm. page talking this stuff out. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, all right. So, so somebody seven years ago, Hollywood Curl said in the episode thread, most people were suggesting either Prince or Tupac. This hey. person says can't be Prince. He released em- Emancipation in 1996. However, Will Smith, Mystical, Coolio, and Wyclef were riding high that year. My money is on Fresh Prince. Will Smith. See, no, I don't think. See, no disrespect to Will Smith. I don't think Will Smith mm-hmm. can give you your black card either. I don't think, like, because Gretchen was like, oh, no, you black all over. I think Will Smith kind of gives you, like, the, oh, okay, you've been outside card. But I don't know if that's, like, enough for me to, like, you know, let down the guns. I also see another one in here that was from a year ago, Rob. It says, so Donna dated a guy in 96, and Gretchen asked if it was before his last album or is uh, before his last album or after. Although this is all fiction, based on the timelines, yeah. it was Tupac. Yeah. Also, uh, she says she dated him for seven months. Tupac died in 96. His last album was in 96. And she's saying that he released a song about her. Who do you think that song is about? She says is referring to the song. It's all about you on his last album. Mm, It might be a little bit of a stretch, but um, I mean, I'll take it. What else do we have? Um. Yeah, let's go with it. So Donna dated Tupac. We'll we'll go with that. I mean, um, I'm looking again on here. It says any other significantly famous black artists during that era you could think of did not release their last album in 1996. So it was Tupac. Again, when not when Gretchen said last album, I thought she meant prior album. I did not realize that she meant his final album. Yeah. And so now looking at it through that lens, I can see the Tupac thing happening. You probably crooked as the last trick. You want to laugh at how I got my ass caught up with this bad bitch? Thinking I had her, but she had me in the long run. 
It's just my luck. I'm stuck with effing with the wrong one. Effing with the wrong one. Look at Donna mm-hmm. making a name for herself. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, Donna, don't tell anybody else this. <laughs> Why did she have the picture saved on her phone? Listen, listen, if you date Tupac, you kind of have to have it as your screensaver. I mean, Jada Pinkett does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, interesting. Uh, some people in the thread also said, worst scene in the whole series. It was it was it was very awkward. I'm not gonna lie to you because it's all it's kind of like like I said. It really doesn't make sense for Gretchen to be like, oh, okay, you're right, blackity black black black. You know, it's kind of just like, all right, uh, Donna, you was outside, but again, you didn't date Tupac in '96. You, if you dated Tupac in '96, we would know because mm-hmm. he was a very public figure. Donna, sound like you were a jump off in '96. And that's not necessarily yeah. something to be proud of. Um, you know, now don't get me wrong. You and Tupac doing adult things as two consenting adults, not shaming or judging either one of y'all. But there's not enough to get you your black card. I'm sure you wouldn't be the only one who thought they got a black card from dating Tupac back then, too. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then let's uh, go with uh, Jessica Frey, uh, uh, who brings up something we talked about yesterday. Um, she was, uh, mentioning about how, uh, Malcolm Jamal Warner has been auditioning for other, uh, other roles, uh, that you were talking about yesterday, uh, including Jimmy and Jeff Malone, uh, before he got the counselor, uh, that's from an interview with, uh, EW, Mm -hmm. uh, we got a ton of, uh, feedback also coming in still about, uh, season five Chappelle. Okay. What do people say about season five? Let me see uh, if uh, so many uh, so many questions coming in uh, towards the end of the season. Let me just see if there's anything that's uh, still relevant to talking about uh, what's going on. You know, it's funny to me because I was sitting here thinking about, you know, that last comment about how um, that was the worst scene in the series so far. And I mean, in yesterday's podcast, I did flag that. I thought that it was getting kind of wacky, you know, the whole let's mm-hmm. sit around, smoke weed. Now we're making Tupac references to Don and Donna being black all over just because she dated Tupac, allegedly. And then this random duck photo, you know, situation where A. Elliot Stemple would stop at nothing to get it to, to, to you know, annoy Harvey. I think yeah. we're in the goofy timeline. I think we're in the multiverse now. I think this is the comic yeah. verse of of Suits. <laughs> or, or the humiliverse. Yeah, I mean, just listen. That's two embarrassing things that have happened on Suits. One, the peace pipe moment. I, I don't care. I just think that's out of character for the show. Not so much for the characters, but for the show. Uh, and now this whole Tupac thing, I think we might be slowly going off the rails. But again, I'm just going to okay. say it every time I see it. And then if I'm wrong, I won't say anything about it. But if I see it, okay. I got to call it out. Uh, let me uh, just uh, bring in a couple of other feedback questions still from season five. Uh, Anessa had posted to say that what, remember last in uh, season five when the guy was dressed up as the inmate to mess with Mike in the prison yes. uh, the first time, not in this season. Uh, right. Cops posing as inmates is actually pretty common, but real criminals getting deals to snitch on prison mates is the number one way government collects evidence to make their cases. Yeah. I mean, you got somebody in the inside getting close to these people all the time. Why not try to get more details? I mean, you got somebody who is willing to tell you everything that this person knows. Because when people go to jail, they really think, oh, 
well, I'm in, I'm in here doing my time. There's nothing else for like you got me. You know, leave me alone. I can get in here saying and doing whatever I want to do. But in reality, they're probably like trying to stack evidence against the next person. You know, using you to incriminate somebody else based off of your testimony. Because all you have to do is say the right thing to send them in the right direction, and then they can find the evidence that they need. Yeah, getting their own you know time or special treatment or whatever in prison. Yeah, I, I feel like that's a hot commodity. I feel like a lot of people would jump at the opportunity to throw somebody that they don't know or don't care about under the bus just to get a little bit more, um, you know, some some smaller benefits, even if they're tiny in jail. So I, that doesn't shock me at all. And it shouldn't shock Mike Ross, which is why I'm shocked that he worked, he fell for it. It just doesn't make sense to me that he fell for this trick that he had already saw through one time. Okay. Uh, and then one more from Lee Manning, who says, I'm a couple episodes behind, uh, but I wanted to say it was not inconceivable that Mike could have gone to Harvard just for tests. I didn't go to Harvard, but in my law school experience, for the most part, the grade you got on your final was your complete grade for the class. For someone with a photographic memory, he could feasibly just read the textbook and hopefully get some notes from someone who did go to class and just show up one day a semester and pass. I know people in law school who did that in quite a few classes and made good enough grades. So I guess it is possible, Chappelle. Yeah, I mean, I figured it was uh, pretty... Take that, uh, Trevor. Yeah, well, I just felt like it was pretty outlandish. Like, in my mind... Like, yes, your test probably matters a lot, but I assume you have to do other stuff, right? You know, like, where was he for mock trial day? You know, where was where was that kind of stuff? You know, and I, mm-hmm. I and I'm sure I'm sure there's there's team projects, too. Right. Like, I don't know. I mean, it's law school, but as even as a lawyer, you have to learn how to work with other people. So I think it would be like kind of silly for them to not push that kind of thing but also to his point he said it's not inconceivable like so he's not saying he definitely did it but you know it there's a possibility where mike ross only has to know the things he's getting graded on and if he's only being graded once every now and then then yeah he only has to come up there a few times uh, so that's why they weren't able to poke holes in that argument so much i still think that you mm-hmm. know very clearly i mean it was obvious to the entire world that mike ross did not go to harvard uh but it's not their job to say what's obvious or what's not, you know, it's like, if you can't prove it, prove that, you know, whatever, that you have evidence to back you up and all this other stuff. Cause you got to prove that he did not go to Harvard. And that's the tough part. Um, I'm pretty sure I could have proved that he didn't go to my school, <laughs> but, <laughs> but you know, that's, I'm but not you knew everybody. I, I did not know everybody. Hopefully nobody knew me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Chappelle, anything else from uh, season six, episode two? No, I thought the episode was fine. Uh, you know, I think we're doing a lot of setup for Mike's spiritual growth uh, with the therapist. You know, Theo Huxable is proud of him in certain ways. He's going to get a job, you know, so he can stay out of out of trouble. That's going to be good. Uh, and so I'm looking forward to seeing what that looks like moving forward. I think Mike Ross is probably going to read a bunch of books, you know, because yeah, someone with a photographic memory, I think that'd be very value- valuable since you've got two years to think about this kind of stuff. But I'm very interested, uh, Robin, to what's going to happen with Pierce Inspector Lit now. You know, every day is like, oh, well, now what are they going to do? Now what are they going to do? Who's coming for them this time? I kind of like them with their backs against the walls a little bit like here. It gets to see them do the most high-powered lawyering that they can do because they don't have all the resources that they normally have. So I'm excited. Okay. All right. Want to just highlight a couple of reviews from people, uh, Chappelle. We got some new ones. Okay. Uh, this is one from Pelican Pablo who says, Suits Girlies, stand up. The perfect podcast for any Suits fan, whether you're an OG or a 2023 
Convert, perfectly sized recaps for your morning commute or afternoon mudding. Stand up today and join the associates by listening to this great can opener of a podcast. Five stars. Hey, we do love a can opener. We do love we do love the associates here. Thank y'all for standing up. Thank y'all for listening. And thank you, Felipe, for that uh, feedback. <laughs> yes. All right. Then, Chappelle, anything else for you? No, that's it. Uh Again, suitspodcast.com slash Facebook is where we're trying to get these conversations going. Uh, I'll be very happy to be back home podcasting from off the road for the first time in a very long time. And I'll get to really start to engage again with the uh, associates. So if you got some feedback, if you got any questions for me and Rob or anything you want to add as we talk about these last couple seasons of Suits, please feel free to post on our Facebook page, suitspodcast.com slash Facebook, or tweet us at suitspod on Twitter. All right. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm at Rob Sesternino. Take care. Have a good one. Bye. Bye.